Hey there, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I am a survivor of both childhood abuse and later domestic violence. I've been free since 2009 and have been sharing my story and much recently sharing stories from others in order to inspire, empower, and educate. So if you found any value in any of these episodes, please do me a favor and share. Maybe somebody needs a dose of positivity to know that they're not alone. My goal is to break open the darkness and to let there be light. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Just want to pop in before you tune in to let you know that there could be a potential for there to be a trigger. Okay, so this is a trigger warning just to be on the safe side. There could be some information here that might upset you or be upsetting or could be also a little bit descriptive. So if you have wee ones around, you might not want them to listen to it. Thanks. Talk to you later. Be safe. Hello and happy Cinco de Mayo and I'm coming on with a a segment about Cinco de Mayo and what does that mean to me? What is it about this day that has some some remembrance for me? Well, back in 2007, I was planning a party. I was working at an antique shop with my part, my then partner's family and we would have these special holiday parties. That's just something fun and it was an incentive just to create this community of people that were in they weren't just our vendors but uh, you know just to give them a little something special and it was a potluck everybody would get together there might be some sales that went on and that's okay between them it was just a time for for friendship and getting to know one another as well so my thing was to plan this in advance i already went through the calendar i already knew in advance when these special days were going to happen so i let my partner know I told my then husband, his name was Rob, still is Rob, that um, I was going to be participating in this with my sister-in-law, his sister, and um, we were going to be late. I was going to bring the kids because the kids really like going to the shop sometimes. Sometimes it could be a long day for them, but I thought this would be something fun for them to do, you know, just to get out. They knew most of the vendors. They spent many, many days and lots of time there. So I thought it'd be kind of fun for them. Well, the day of, the night before I even told him about it, but the day of, I reminded him, hey, I'm going to be doing this. We're going to have this. So it's going to be after the stores close, after five. It should start, you know, immediately afterwards or so. So I probably won't get home until seven or eight o'clock, maybe. So I let him know in advance. In doing so, his response was, well, I want you home. Well, no, because we plan this. We're having this conversation. It turned into an argument that I said, I want to. And his mom happened to be there, too. And I said, I'm not going to be home until later. So he wasn't very happy about it, so he let me go. Well, he called me at least another four or five, if not more, times later. Um, And then with each call that went a little further, it's getting close to where we're closing. And I've got the kids with me. 
as it's getting closer, he then says to me, if you're not home in a half hour, which is impossible to get home in a half hour from where I'm at to our location, Griffith, Indiana to Crown Point, it was, it would not be possible. And I could get a train and so on. So I told him, I'm not going to be able to make it home in that time frame. He's like, you better get home or else. And it's like, or else. And he's like, I'm going to bash your face in. So, and I was kind of stunned. I was shaking. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. His mom was by me and I just kind of crumbled down and told her what was going on. My sister-in-law too, I shared with her what was going on. And before that, I had actually shared with my sister-in-law um, some bruising. Uh, he had shoved me against a door frame. So I had some bruising and some not scarring, but there was, it's two weeks at that time, and I still had the marks there on my back, and it was very painful to touch, and um, even wearing a shirt, even after two weeks, was still really painful, so I had that, that picture, she had took a picture of me, she's like, you know, just in case we need this, and um, I had actually called a week before to the shelter, the Crown Point, the St. Jude house. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where to go if I needed to leave him, but things were really ramping up where I knew I was going to have to do something. So I called them, got some information. At that time on Cinco de Mayo, I called them again. I said, um, I need a place to go. I was crying to my mother-in-law. She was like, well, you just stay here. And my sister-in-law was saying the same. Because I think, well, maybe I got to go. I'm, I was in a panic. I need to leave. And they're like, no, that's not safe for you to go home. So that's why I ended up calling St. Jude House. And thankfully, they were able to take me in. So we never got to enjoy Cinco de Mayo. That was a very rough night. It was a very rough time. I was a basket case. <sighs> Long story short, uh, I ended up taking him back. He, we were gone for a few days. We stayed at the at St. Jude House for a few days. Um, his mom begged me to take him back. He begged me to take him back. And despite the warnings from his psychiatrist or whoever she was, she had said that he is so fixated with you. He is obsessed with you, with everything about you, and it's not healthy. So uh, she recommended that I stay away. And she gave me some gave me some other things. Uh, she was worried because she said, "I think he's a psychopath." He, she said, "Do you know who Ted Bundy is?" I said, "Yeah, I know who Ted Bundy is." And she said, "He is cunning, and he is attractive, very smart. These are the things that I'm seeing in your husband." And um, she said, "That scares me." I ended up taking him back. Yeah, I know. I ended up taking him back and um, enter in another phase that was really wild and crazy. But I ended up leaving him again. And again, he promised, again, his mom promised that he was going to be good. And so I took him back at that time. So twice in 2007, that was in July, it was right after the 4th of July. Because at that point in time, we have this other woman moving in with us. So it was, that's my single Maya story. And it's still pretty much like clear as day, those feelings and so on. And that time. So when we have Cinco de Mayo, I usually think of it. It's not fond thoughts. I don't celebrate it. And um, I can look at it. I'm not hurt. Of course, I'm not anything like that right now. But it just reminds me of that time. And it's a very surreal life that I had lived. Very surreal time if you compare it to now. But I wanted to bring up not only that bit of my story, but also what is physical, what is, excuse me, what is abuse besides the physical? So abuse is 
is more than physical, but I'm going to get into the physical. So it is slapping, pinching, hitting, kicking, tripping, choking, restraining you, maybe burning you with something, force feeding, or even denying you food, or not you, maybe your children, using weapons, maybe an item, maybe to not only to physically abuse you, but also as a threat of abuse, not giving you access to necessities. Perhaps you need medication or you need special food or your child needs special food and medication, but they're denying that. And we can go more and more and deeper in depth in that. But it's also emotional, that mental, emotional, which I think they kind of go hand in hand. So there's some blame. They might be blaming you for a lot of what's going on, or maybe they're blaming you saying if you hadn't done, if you hadn't um, argued with me, this one escalated to that, or if you'd only done what you're supposed to do. So it's all coming back to you. They're blaming you. There's some shame, manipulating, Isolating, which is a big thing. All of this has to do with control, but isolating is a big thing and such a common thread when you talk to people. They feel very isolated. That's because a majority of the times they were. Their abuser made it so that they are isolated. Also a lot of intimidation. Now we can talk about sexual abuse as well. And it's something that's non-consenting. So we're saying, no, we don't want to do this. We we verbalize that, no, we don't like this. Or even we might have pulled away. And you can tell by a person when they are reacting or when you see them physically, you can see them when they're recoiling that they don't want to be touched or so on or kissed. Perhaps they're forcing oral sex besides intercourse, a fondling. They could be forcing you to have sex with others, exposing you to maybe porn, or other images that you don't want to see, making some really bad sexual jokes, or any sexual jokes, sexual, uh, maybe sexting, excuse me, as well as solicitation. It could be that you have to be passed around to his buddies, or you need money, the family needs money, so he's whoring you out. And I hate to be blunt about that, but these are things that happen. It seems very kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I've, I honestly, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There was at least eight of those things that I just mentioned that nine, I mean, even soliciting because there was what one point in time where I was going to have to be a stripper. And I don't know if I've shared that with anybody here. We were actually um, in some dire need of money. And that was one of the things that he was going to force me to do. I didn't end up doing it, but um, that was one of the things. So actually, all of those things that I've mentioned, I've been exposed to all of those and experienced all of those. And it's, I'm not saying it because I'm proud. I'm just saying I want you to relate, especially even the physical. A lot of those things I can relate to all of these that I'm mentioning today. Well, except to a few that I'm getting to in a little bit. So let's dive into that. So uh, verbal verbal abuse. And sometimes those words, even though you have the physical um, abuse, sometimes those words really get to your heart. And I've mentioned that before. Those can really hurt. Uh, they, those words can stick with you. They really can. They can stick with you for a very long time. And it's hard to get rid of that little voice in your head that um, might sound like it's mocking or criticizing because that's what your partner did or that person did. There's name calling, there's threats. And again, that blame. There could be that 
verbalizing that blame to you again. So we have financial abuse, which is another big one. And many times when I'm contacted by people, they reach out, they'll say, you know, I don't have the physical or the sexual. I just have the, I just have. It's like, it's just this. And I've done it myself where it's, oh, it was just this. It's still abuse, okay? All right, my love, it is still abuse. So financial, so they're not allowing you to have access to your funds, uh, accounts, credit cards. They might be sabotaging your job, withholding funds from you. They have all the control of the finances. They could be taking out loans or credit in your credit cards in your name as well. And you're not allowed to do anything with it, but give them your information to sign on a dotted line because that's what you have to do. Now, there's also a few other things. There's four others that I want to touch on. There's immigration abuse or cultural abuse, where you are maybe locked into whatever culture you're in, whatever you grew up in, or maybe you're now dating somebody that is of another culture, and they are forcing you to abide by whatever those culture values are and you don't believe in them and now that could be something that you could have traveled to a foreign country now and are unable because your partner is withholding your passport or you have children from that partnership and uh, your partner is not allowing you to take the kids out of the country so there are some things with immigration abuse as well so we have pet abuse so many people don't have animals i mean excuse me have children they might have pet babies fur babies that's what I'm meaning to say so they might have those fur babies so their partner might make you um, or might be physical abusive to those animals or threaten hey if you don't you know choke that animal or something like that or there could be bestiality and that happens it's something that we don't talk about it's a little taboo but there are people that force other their partner to and not partners, sometimes this happens to you know, to children too, where they're forced to have intercourse or sexual, do perform sexual acts with pets. I know I'm getting a little uncomfortable talking about it, but I know I've had people reach out to me. This has happened to them. So there is that, that pet abuse. They know that pet loves you and you love that pet. So they're going to go ahead and use that as a threatening tool, as a weapon as well, and probably do a lot of harm to that animal. There's also elder abuse. Now, many of these other things that I've chatted about, the physical abuse, the mental, I want to make sure I clarify, the verbal financial abuse that can go hand in hand with the elder abuse. Um, that's something that you commonly hear now. I don't know about the sexual part, but I do know the physical, the emotional, mental, the financial, those are definitely, the verbal are definitely things that you can see attached with elderly abuse. Now there's also spiritual abuse. Now what do I mean by spiritual abuse? So we have this person, maybe they've just found God or whatever that religion looks like to them. Now all of a sudden they've become so devout, devout and so into that religion that they might be forcing you to also participate maybe you don't feel comfortable doing that perhaps you are you have to say like let's say um scripture every night you have to do it on your knees or you have to say it a certain way or you have to go to a certain church and you're not comfortable going there but you're made to go you might even be made to participate in different ceremonies baptisms or so on that you just don't feel comfortable doing but you have to do this you might have to dress a certain way maybe a long skirt or wear your hair long you might have to perform in different rituals that you're just not comfortable doing those are things in spiritual abuse or perhaps as well they're going to use that and twist that whatever that is for you like let's say as an example it is 
my ex. Let's go back to my ex. Now, he, his way of twisting the Bible is, it was okay for men of the Bible to have multiple wives. Then I should too. There should be no reason why it's not okay for me to have multiple wives. So we were even thinking about, he was even thinking about converting to Mormonism. Because with Mormonism, I don't know if this is still practice. I, I hear it is. I know there's still some reality shows out there where men have multiple wives. So in his mind, that was his way to twist the Bible, the Old Testament, to suit his perverse needs. And that does happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. That can happen. So we can have that twisting of the scripture or whatever that looks like for you. So those are a few things I wanted to touch on. I really wanted to share what Cinco de Mayo mean, meant for me. I know this was kind of um, kind of an intense thing, maybe for somebody, and I should have said trigger warning right off the bat, but um, these are things that happen, and I just, I'm going to say I just covered some of these, some of these. You can go much deeper into the different types of abuse, uh, what they can look like, and they're going to look different for everybody, okay? I just want you to remember that. So listening to my story, you're like, oh, my story is nothing like yours, Melinda. It's it's tame compared to that, or it's just. Remember that just? Please don't, don't compare your story to mine. We all walk a different story and so on and so on. So I want you to know that whatever you're going through, again, it is still abusive. It's still hurtful. It's still painful. And it's still wrong. So I'm going to let you go on that. If you need help, if you need some assistance, there are organizations. I know I have some usually at the end of this, but I'm doing this on my phone today. I'm kind of just going off the hip. So you are just getting this before I make a video of it. <laughs> so this is all just for you. I might just let it be as a podcast today. But um, yeah, that's a little bit of me that maybe you didn't know before or maybe you have heard and you forgot. But if you have any questions or maybe opinions, comments, by all means, you can message me here. You can message me at Facebook. You know, if you've been following me for a while and you haven't hit me up as a friend, please do so. Don't be one of those people that just follow me. Come on. Join in. You know I like tacos. Let's, if you're in the Northwest Indiana, Southwest Indiana, South, Southern Burbs, I should say, of Indiana or Illinois, hit me up. Let's talk. Let's do coffee. Let's do tea or something like that. Let's just talk. I've left my phone number. I'll do it again. It's my home number. It's 219-394-3051. Quicker, though, would be my cell. That's 219-819-0608. 219-819-0608. Of course, no one's home before, excuse me, no one's awake before 8 kid-wise. Uh, and we do have family time after six, so please just be mindful of that. You can always text me, social media. I'm on Facebook, Melinda Kunst, on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, not often, but those are the two platforms that you'll really find me at is on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So message me there. I'm happy to chat with you, honestly. So thanks again for listening and tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Please stay safe. God bless. Mwah. Bye.